Well, if uh, you haven't been here for a little while, or, or uh, this is actually our first time through, we started, when we switched service times, we also uh, changed our, our format of what we're doing. We, we now rotate musical styles. Um, uh, we, this, was our, this is our gospel week, and uh, we appreciate the guys helping out with that. You can all give them a hand. And... And we'll do contemporary, we have traditional, we're, we're just sort of rotating. It, it helps us to in, include more people in our music program, keeps it from being a, a burden and keeps it as a joy to be able to serve. And so we're, we're excited about that and uh, looking forward to, to continuing that, that growth there. Well, we've talked a lot about how we're supposed to share God's love uh, with our family, in our community, at work our friends, that, that we're, that's the calling that we have. It's that, that God's love for us, Christ's sacrifice for us, is not just for us, that it's for the world. That we have something to share with the world. Not something that we own, but something that's been given to us. It's the grace and love of, of God through Jesus Christ. And we're called to share that. We're called to tell our story to people. And we've been, we've been talking a lot about that. And as, as we sort of closed that down last, last week, I, I wanted to turn our attention to, you know, I'm not sure everyone knows what story to tell. I'm not sure everyone has that, that experience, that, that thing that they can hold on to to be able to tell a story about how God is interacted in their life. I think this is part of the, the, the problem with, with Christianity. It's, it's so hard to be consistent in your Christianity. If you've, done, if you've tried it at all, if you've tried to walk that path, if you've tried to follow Jesus, it is the hardest thing to stay on that path. There's so many things that dissuade us, isn't there? Our, our own agendas, our own egos, our, our time, our priorities, uh, influence from friends. It just is a hard thing to stay on. It was hard for the disciples, and they walked around with Jesus all the time. So what I wanted to talk about this, uh, beginning this morning, we're going to do this for the next few weeks, is talk about how can we experience God? How can we take Him from being a concept to being something that we we intimately know. How can, we, how can we take him from being just a belief that's out there to our friend, to our Lord, to our Savior? I think a lot of us have heard talk about that. We've, we've heard the, we've seen people who have that, but maybe we've just never gotten there ourselves. So what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is how do we experience, how do we experience God? And you're not going to like my first sermon, because I'm going to challenge you all, because I'm going to stamp all over your American sensibilities, because we believe that we need to earn our way, that we are the ones in charge of our lives, that it, God helps them that helps themselves. You know, anybody know where that is in the Bible? No, because it's not. It's, it's not in the scriptures. That's an old wives' tale. But we have this idea that if, if, if we're going to do something, we've got to do it ourselves. 
And so we sort of structure our lives in a way that, that we, got our, we have our plans. And, and every once in a while, we go to God to ask, to consult with him. You know, hey, God, I'm not really wanting to change anything. I just want your blessing on these plans I have. It'd be nice if you could, you know, make my business grow. It'd be nice if you could shrink my debt somehow miraculously. It'd be nice if you could help sell the house. We, we go to God for consulting every once in a while. Um, but, but as far as following him, as far as wanting to, to move forward, I talk to a lot of folks and, uh, who they have, it boils down, they come with a lot of questions, but what it boils down to is, how am I supposed to know what God wants me to do with my life? How do I know if I'm following the right line? How do I know if I'm on the right path? How do I know if this is in his will? How do I know if I should take this job? How do I know? It boils down to how do I know what God wants to say to me? Any of you ever had that question? Go ahead, raise your hand. It's okay. It just helps me know you're paying attention. That you're not asleep yet. I think we all have that question. How do we know that we're on the right track with God? How do we know? And we would love it if God would speak to us like he did to Moses. You know, we walk outside and there's a burning bush and there's a voice coming from it saying, David, I want you to do it. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? If we could have that kind of experience so you could go forward with conviction and know this is the thing that God wants me to do. But, you know, I haven't met very many people who have had the Moses experience. I, I haven't met that many. I've, I've, I have a couple who, I know a couple people in my life that say they've had that kind of clarity in their vision. Usually, God's path is, is not that trumpeted. It's not that clear. Usually, he's more likely to give us a step than he is a road. Usually he's more likely to, to just sort of illuminate the next day instead of 10 years. And usually when he speaks, we're probably going to have to listen real close to hear. That's what I want to talk to you about today is, is listening for that still small voice of God. Not, not the booming thunder voice, not the, uh, if you don't turn, I will kill you, not the, not the uh, two by four across the head that says, dummy, go the other way, not the still, small, leading, pleading, guiding voice of God. I think it's there all the time. We pray to a God that's eternal, that's transcendent that's present even in our, in our lives, that, that is always with us. I think he's constantly trying to communicate, to guide, to lead, to show, to, to give wisdom and discern. I think he's always trying to do that. So why is it that we all have such a hard time hearing it? It's because we're so dang busy, isn't it? We, we are so full of ourselves. We are so full of, of trying to do the things that we have to do, of trying to live into the, the life we want to live. Even, even being a good Christian, you can get, even trying to follow Christ, even working in the church, even serving 
the activity might be good, but we can get so wrapped up in that that we forget who it is we're serving or following. It's easy to miss the still small voice. Going back to the Ten Commandments, when, when God was talking to Israel and, and wanting to establish this life that they were supposed to, to lead, one of the commandments was to take a break. It was called Sabbath rest. And, and I think it's one of the most important commandments, but we've, we've sort of shuffled it off along with our blue laws that we used to have as you couldn't be open on Sunday. And a lot of us sort of misunderstand a lot of the Ten Commandments, like Thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain just doesn't mean you can't say God before the other word. That's not primarily what that... I mean, there's a lot of depth in the commandments that we miss out on. But this, this idea of a Sabbath rest that, that once a week you need to take a break. Once a week you need to, you need to let everything down to remind yourself who's in charge of your life. To remind yourself that you really don't provide for yourself. That even though you have a job, even though you, have, you raise money, even though you, those things are a blessing from God. Those things are something He gives you. And so in order to remind ourselves of that, so we don't start to take ourselves too seriously, so we don't start to edge God out, He says, take a break once a week. Don't do anything. Don't try to make money. Don't, don't, just remember who I am and what I've done for you. Do that as a practice, and it'll keep your priorities in line. If you go back to the Old Testament, remember uh, Moses led the people out of Egypt, they, and they were going over to the Promised Land, and before they went into the Promised Land, God warned them, and he's like, man, I'm, I'm worried for you all because you've been walking with me, you've seen my power at hand, you've seen the way I can work, but I know you're going to get over there, and I, you're going to get a farm, and you're going to have land, and the crops are going to begin to grow, and the cattle are going to begin to multiply on the hill, and you're going to start to take credit for it. And you're going to say, wow, because I'm such a great farmer, I have a lot of crops. Wow, because I'm such a, a great rancher, I have a lot of cows. Cows, cattle, I guess, would be the better way. I'm not from West Texas, so sorry. But he says, don't fall into that trap. I'm the one that's provided those things for you. I want to talk to you about the concept of a Sabbath, of a Sabbath, of taking a break. And before you think that I'm preaching at you, this is something that I am doing. In fact, I'm, I'm doing it very intentionally this year. Starting July 12th through August, uh, until July 31st, June 12th to July 31st, I'm taking a sabbatical, which comes from the root word of Sabbath. Um, it's something we do in, uh, in, in churches. Sometimes professors and stuff do that as well. But it's, it's an extended break to, to try to refuel the, the spiritual life that you have. It, it's even in serving in church, even in being a pastor. You can get so wrapped up in being a pastor, you forget that you're serving God. You can, you can get so wrapped up in doing church stuff that you forget about the, the intimacy between Jesus and yourself. You can get so caught up in doing good that you're really doing nothing. 
And as, as far as pastors and stuff, we don't get to go to church very long. We lead church. And so you, and you start to sort of empty out the well and, and you're sort of serving off of, out of leftovers instead of out of abundance. And so for myself, that's, uh, that's what we're going to do. Three of those weeks, I'm going to Guatemala. Um, I'm going to help at the uh, mission down there. And then four of the weeks... I'm just going to be, we're just going to, and I'm not telling you where I'm going to be because <laughs> that wouldn't be a Sabbath if you knew. So, uh, but I want to, I, I just wanted to show you that this is something that, that is not just a biblical, it's something that we, we all need to do. And when I get back, I'm going to get better at doing the weekly Sabbath to make it sure that I don't fall back into the same old habits. That this concept of reprioritizing each week, of listening, of, of sitting and quiet, of having nothing on your plate. Man, when was the last time you did had one of those days? That was one of the nice things about the rain yesterday is for a lot of, it sort of cleared our, our slate for once. It took away the soccer games, took away the, the baseball games, it took away the, it, all the stuff that we had to get done. It just sort of wiped it away, didn't it? If you didn't have kids, I'm sorry. You don't have nothing to do anyway, so you just, you just pretend you're busy. Because, you know, I, I say that, but it's really not in jest. I live this all the time. We, we like to pretend that we're so important. We like to pretend that if we don't make sure everything's in place, that the world is going to end tomorrow. That, that was the whole concept God had with the, with the Sabbath rest in the first place, is to remind us you are not God. He even gave the Israelites a, a concrete lesson on this as they were in the wilderness. If you remember, they were wandering the wilderness for 40 years. He provided the food for them. He provided manna. He said, every night it's going to come down. It'll be on the grass. It'll be on the, on the ground in the morning. Go out and just collect what you need for the day. And except on the day before the Sabbath. On that day, you can collect it for two days because there's one day a week. I don't want you to have to worry about anything. And the lesson for them was, we can trust God. He's going to take care of us. He's going to make sure that I have all the things I need. He's going to make sure that, that I'm provided for. He's going to make sure that I have the things I need to take care of my family. Now, I know some of you have been in situations where you're saying, well, that doesn't work. Well, maybe not the way you wanted it to. My first my first question would be, and you can only, you're the only one that can answer this question, is were you really trying to follow God or were you just using him as a consulting service? Were you really trying to, to follow God or were you just subcontra uh, subcontracting out some of the work for him to do? That's how we tend to want to follow. But he says, hey, man, I need you to trust me with everything you are. One day a week, remind yourself that I am the sole source of your being, that I give you breath, that I give you life, that you don't lay it there. And I know there's some of you that are running it through your mind right now, and you say, that's great, you're a preacher, you know. And so if you're gone for seven weeks, the only thing that happens is 
nothing. So there's no big deal. But I'm important. I have a real job. And if, if you had a job like me, you would understand that we just can't. I, seven weeks, that's ridiculous. I can't even take seven hours off without the whole thing. Here's my, here's my question for you. If that's the way your business is, you haven't structured it very well. If you're running your own business that can't even give you a day off once a week, you're no, long, you're no longer the boss. You're the slave. I, I, I can't imagine. I know in our area, we got a lot of people that are self-employed. No, you're not. You're working harder than people that work for the man. Because you don't get any break. And you're, you're trying to earn all this money. And for what? Because you never have time to use it. And before you know it, your kids are gone. and everything. You know, we get so misplaced. We've got to go. We've got to do. Got to. And when God says this, man, if you would just try, if you would just remember, if you just knew... You know why I'm going after this right away? Because this is a faith issue for a lot of us. I mean, we, I could talk about prayer and you'd all go, oh, yeah, prayer, oh, that's... But man, when I'm telling you you need to take a break from your job, when I'm telling you you need to not try to earn money every day of the week, when I'm, I'm going after your heart, man. Because if you really want to experience God, you've got to put yourself out there. Where people experience God is when they're on the edge uh, when, they're, when they're in a place where it doesn't, where they don't have the answer, that's where you experience God. He says, trust me. It may mean you have to make some adjustments. It may mean you, you might have to, to reschedule, reprioritize. That's the whole concept is, listen, follow. I'm leading well, you say, hey, how am I supposed to hear God's voice? I don't, how am I, I going to know if it's God talking to me or if it's my, my own conscience or it's my own ego? How, how am I going to know that it's God I'm listening to? And I'm gonna, we're going to read a passage from John chapter 10. begins in verse 1 and goes to verse 8. Or verse 5, I'm sorry. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the grave must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls the sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. See that? They follow, they follow him because they what? Know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. What Jesus is doing, he uses an analogy of a, of a, a shepherd. And he says, man, the things that want to hurt the sheep, they don't come in through the gate. They come in from the, from the sidewalls, from the fence. From, it, it's the things in your life that... You'd like to control, but you can't. It's the economy. It's, it's your, your boss. The, it's it's, your, fam, it's your, your kids and what they're doing. It's all those things that sort of come in and you can't keep them out and they just sort of flood in. He says, the, 
you don't, those aren't what you need to be following. Don't follow that. Don't make life adjustments based on the economy. Don't make life adjustments based on, on bad decisions and stuff. Man, follow your shepherd. He says, if you want to know what the shepherd is leading, the shepherd's going to come into the shepherd's going to be right there where you know. And for sheep, remember that it, this, is, this is a dated reference, and so anyone under the age of 30 is going to lose me right now. But remember that movie, Babe, of the, of the I can tell who all the grandparents are now. <laughs> the, the, the guy that, like, uh, was a sheep herder, and then and there was this little pig that, that started leading the sheep around and stuff. And, and he could talk, he could top sheep talk and stuff. All right, I've just lost everybody. Let me just, anyway, it's a cute movie. Watch it sometime if you get the chance. But the, the, the concept was you don't beat sheep to get them to go where you want to. You talk to them. You whisper to them. You, 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 you call them. And that's what God does for us. There, there are places in our life where we get beat down. There's places in our life where we get pushed and prodded. But God doesn't do that. God leads by whispering. God leads by speaking. God leads by helping, counseling, giving hope, giving direction. And he says, if you want to know, the sheep recognize when the, it's the right voice because they, they recognize the voice. They recognize the voice. They, they've been in his presence. They feel comfortable around him. They know him. And so when they hear the voice, they know they should respond. So they won't go with a stranger. They can, somebody can come in and try to call them and steal them, and they're not going to go because that's not the voice they know to follow. Well, here's my question. The sheep know the shepherd's voice because they have spent time with the shepherd. They know the shepherd. That shepherd is their friend. They have experienced life with the shepherd. They have been, he has been there 24 hours a day. They have been in his presence. They have taken from him. They have eaten with him. They have experienced him. And so when he speaks, they understand his voice. My question is, if God is the good shepherd, if Jesus is the good shepherd, my question for you is, do you recognize your, his voice or have you even ever heard it before? See, part of the reason so many of you are asking me, how do I know if it's God leading is because you've let that relationship fall so flat, you wouldn't understand the voice if you, you heard it. If you want to understand the voice, if you, want to, if you want to know if it's God, you have to get to a point where you can recognize it. And you know how you do that? You do that through prayer. You do that through, through faith. I can take experiences through my life where I have had no direction, where I didn't know for sure if I was doing the right thing. Some of those have fallen flat on my face. Some of those, I've, it's actually worked out. From both of those, I've learned how to recognize the voice. I've learned the voice to listen for. I've learned the voice to ignore, which is usually my voice, trying to get my way, discern my own thing. I've, I've, I've gotten better at hearing when it's God speaking to me. Not because I'm holier than you, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm more, more religious or spiritual than you, but because I've practiced 
I've just practiced it more. It's something that's available to every one of us. It doesn't say the lead sheep hears the voice and tells the other ones to come and they all follow him. No, it says the sheep, the whole flock can hear the voice. Have you put yourself in a position where you can hear the voice? Have you put yourself in a position where, where you, you pause enough to, to hear that still, small, leading, calling, pleading? Are you still trying to drive the, drive the truck? The not, if, if we're going to experience God, we have to be willing to admit that we need a Savior, that we need help, that we are not self-sufficient. We are not self-sufficient. We can pretend. We can, we can put a Band-Aid on it. We can work around it. But you are not self-sufficient. We all need help. We all need guidance. We all need wisdom, peace, hope, joy, all of those things that God can give. If you're looking for those things, if you haven't heard it, if, you, if you've not my first question for you is, man, are you putting yourself in a place where you can hear his voice? Prayer, worship, quiet time, sitting in nature. Just like with the kid, you don't have to be in church to experience God. In fact, if, God, if church is the only place you're experiencing God, you're, you're going to be lost. The... the People who hear his voice, who understand it, they, they hear it every day. They seek it out. They ask the questions and then listen for the answer. They'll step out in faith saying, I don't know for sure if this is right. I'm trying. I'm thinking. I've prayed. I th this is where I think I am. If it's not right, help me. Tell me. Correct me. But I'm, I'm going forward in faith. And then when it does go right, they say, thank you, Jesus. Help me take the next one. If it does go wrong, they say, forgive me, Jesus, and help me go the right way. They're just constantly at work. Those of you that have been married more than 20 years, do you recognize the voice? Does it keep you up at night? <laughs> Honey, you need to know. I'm joking. <laughs> You know, out of that intimacy, you begin to, to anticipate needs. You, you begin to anticipate what the other person might want. Or, and the more intimate you become with God, the more close you become, the more you're able to sort of anticipate what it is he might want you to do. It's all about, it's all about us getting in line with him. I know a Sabbath is a hard thing to think about, a, a, a break. But that would be my challenge for you. We're going into summer. I, I know if you don't have kids, you don't get a summer break, but you need to create your own summer break. Even if it's, if, if you're like a hard case and this is just going right over your head, try like a five-hour Sabbath during the, and midnight to five in the morning does not count, all right? But start somewhere. Just carve out a piece. Carve out a piece and say, I, for this time, 
I might spend it in recreation, but I, I'm gonna, I, I might spend it with a friend. I might spend it with my family. I might just spend it by myself. But in all of that time, I am not going to be worrying about what happens next. We spend so much of our lives worried about what comes next. How about carve one piece out of your life that says, I'm just going to be. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience with it. Thank you for always trying to speak to us. God, often we're not good at at hearing. We're, We're often not good at responding. But we want to get better. We want to learn to recognize your voice. And I know you want more. That's the thing you desire from us more than anything is that we had that intimacy. So, Lord, help us find that, that peace in a day, in a week, in a year. Help us to, to find those Sabbath places. Help us to find those places where we can trust you, where we can just be, where we can celebrate, where we can enjoy, where we can relax, where we can hear that, that's still small but gracious and powerful voice. And we pray that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.